Canadian adoption of fintech has kind of been a little bit slower than the U.S., and I think we're really starting to gain speed now. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Chris D'Antuano with Currency Cloud. And today I'm happy to have Adam Rice from Loan Connect. Adam, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you and to discuss here the, the fintech landscape up in Canada. So Adam is CEO of Loan Connect, which is a uh, loan a fintech delivery system out of Canada. But I'll give him you know, some opportunity here to explain his background and how he ended up at Loan Connect and what he's looking to, to solve up for the Canadian residents up there. So Adam, if you could give a brief background for our listeners here. Yeah, so Loan Connect is Canada's leading platform for personal loans. So we're kind of like Expedia for loans north of the border. And essentially, the idea was born out of a dentist's office a few years back. So I was sitting in a dentist's office. I was doing a postgraduate degree, and there was a woman sitting next to me who didn't have coverage. She had some work that needed to get done on her teeth. And I mean, I had because I was I was actually back in school. But she was asking the dentist if there was anything uh, that he had that would allow her to finance the purchase. And he essentially said no. I'm kind of sitting there, I'm in school, I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, well, what if we created a system that that woman could bring with her wherever she went, allowing her to finance anything she wants to finance. So fully open financing platform that she could use to buy dentures or TVs or even a laptop in Singapore airport. And, you know, wouldn't it be neat if we had multiple lenders compete in real time for her business? So in the palm of her hand, she could pull out competing offers from various lenders. She could choose the loan that she likes. She could use that loan to finance her purchase and pay it off in an installment kind of uh, fashion. So that was the the birthplace of Loan Connect. And, you know, we were kind of in the early days, we had a bit of a chicken and egg problem. We, we didn't have lenders and we also didn't have merchants. And so we figured we'd go after the lender folks first. And essentially we went online and we realized, wow, there's actually a really big opportunity here in Canada to you know help consumers find loans regardless of where they are. And, you know, we kind of pivoted a bit and we started white labeling our platform on various websites where people may actually be looking for some form of financing. So we now power the unsecured loan platform of folks like uh, Lowest Rates or Rate Supermarket here in Canada. Maybe a, a bigger name that you would know in the States is actually Credit Karma. Uh, so we actually power their unsecured loan system north of the border. And I guess just quickly to kind of diverge back, now we're en route getting back into that payment solution where we're empowering consumers to finance things they want. So it's been a bit of a, a long loop, but we've done well on the way. And, and now we're back into payments. And I think that's kind of why we're chatting today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, I guess the innovative incubator in the dentist offices of where, um, you know, the ideas of uh, uh, the companies come out. So it's uh, interesting. And you never know where um, some innovation uh, ideas come from. And then, you know, as you can see, it's based on a real life problem. Um, and that's yeah. uh, interesting to see how uh, different ideas come about. Um, so if we could just start off about the landscape in Canada within fintech. And I know we you know, discussed before we get on here of, I guess, the, the lag that you're seeing in Canada and um, the, 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 the strive for innovation out there. But if you could talk a little bit about, I guess, the, the current way uh, a customer would receive a loan and how you guys are trying to help change to innovation. Yeah, so it's interesting, Chris, you were saying that essentially you guys were about five years behind from England, the UK. And 
you know, I would say we're 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 more close to the Stone Ages. <laughs> to the <border. laughs> you know, we're, we're the, the Canadian banks are very very conservative. You know, and I think that's why we weathered the financial crisis pretty well when things really went down the terrain. You know, the banks up here in Canada did pretty well and, and just notoriously tight and, and very slow moving. And, you know, it's a little bit of a different ecosystem than it is in the U.S. where there's thousands of banks. Really, in Canada, there's five main banks that 90 percent of the population essentially have an account with. And then the rest, the other 10 percent maybe has accounts with other types of credit unions. So the banks themselves are very well established and we're kind of stuck with the tech that they have. And they have a lot of very old infrastructure. You know, we're, we're talking some of the banking systems of these guys. I mean, they're hundreds of years old. You know, they're developed over, you know, the beginning of the internet. We're talking like coding and, and coding languages like Cobalt, which is a very, very old coding <laughs> language. And, and, you know, for them to make changes to their infrastructure is very, very difficult and very, very costly. So the, I guess that would be the one, the one piece here in, in terms of maybe an idea of why we're moving so slowly. The, uh, the, other, the other side is, is really Canadian adoption of fintech has kind of been a little bit slower than the U.S. And I think we're really starting to gain speed now. But there's always been this idea. And I think in the U.S. it was really fintech versus the banks, the banks versus fintech. And Really, what we're learning is, you know, if we want to compete and exist in this market, we need to work with the banks because they have the customers. So we spend a lot of time. And, and you know, I, I guess I could give you a, an example of you know, getting a, a personal loan from one of the big banks here. And, and this is one of the big five, you know, a huge chunk of consumers. And, and really, if you want a personal loan, you have to go into the branch. You can't do it online. Uh, you have to provide your ID. They have to verify ID right there by, by hand. You fill out a paper application and they fax that application off to Toronto, to the head office, and then you're waiting for five days to adjudicate. So, so that's kind of where we're coming from, you know, and, and, and for me, it's like I really want to push this forward because we need these instant loans in order for our system to work. The loans need to be fast. Like I can't have you waiting at a terminal for five days for your loan to be approved, right? So, so we, we found some success here with credit unions. Again, there's a smaller chunk of people, but uh, you know, we, we're actually going after the consumers direct. And you know, the neat thing about the credit unions is they're very keen to acquire new clients. So we provide a system for them where we filter in new clients as long as they can do instant adjudication. And that's kind of been our way around. And you know, we continue to try work with the banks, but it's a bit of an uphill struggle. Can we talk, so you know, bringing on, let's say, a credit union, for example, and they don't have, let's say, an innovative tech stack that you can build a, or tie into or connect to, how do you go about creating a, an offering for them to offer to their customer? Do you essentially create a new type of product, a new area, or do they have to go ahead and, and set time set time to build uh, to you guys? If you could talk a little bit about how that partnership would work. Yeah. So with the credit unions, they are a lot more agile in terms of adopting new technology. They're much more open to maybe using a third party to manage part of their infrastructure. So we, we see with the, the CUs is the majority of them are partnering and adopting other people's loan origination systems or other companies' LOS systems, enabling them to do this instant adjudication. Whereas the banks, the, the big five, they really want to kind of code it themselves or the core elements of that need to be piping through the bank. So for us, you know, we, we found success in terms of partnering with the technology company. So instead of going direct to the credit union, we, we go to direct to an infrastructure provider for a CU and we plug into their, their system. So in that sort of a circumstance, we can light up a bunch of credit unions pretty quick as long as they utilize this infrastructure. And so that's kind of the route we've gone. I mean, you know, we're still talking to a lot of the CUs, the big guys. 
but you know, it, it, at least they're they're able to make change. You know, and and for us, plugging in by an API with them is is a lot simpler. Yeah, and especially going directly to an aggregator where you can maybe get you know a, a, multiple different areas in, uh, with one connection rather than having to to go out and uh, bang on multiple different doors. Do you see that the credit unions, by being agile and being more, I guess, open to innovation, are starting to take away some of the the customer base of the the big five, or is it not really? Is it a different type of client that's affecting? From the from the credit unions to the big banks, I really think it's the like it's a world of opportunity for the credit unions north of the border here. They have a real opportunity today to gain market share because they have the technological edge. Now the banks are going to catch up, you know, and at that point uh, it'll be tougher to compete because they'll be competing on the same system with the same offering. But today, you know, it, it, I think of a credit union that can do instant adjudication and fund in the same day. Uh, or almost immediately, and I think of a of a big bank that takes five days and a trip to the branch. Man, I'm going to take the 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 route through the CU all day long. So you know, it's part of the problem is educating the consumers that these solutions exist, and really that's our job. So we pitch the credit union and say, you know, we do all the top of funnel work for you. So we work with referral partners, we direct consumers through our infrastructure. That's all us. You don't have to go out as a CU and spend a bunch of money on advertising or marketing or anything like that. It's it's really in our court to pass you customers that are valuable to you. And we're going to be a very strategic partner. And, and through that, we're really the leads that we refer to you. There really is no charge for, for the leads until they convert into a funded product. And then we use that money then to, to kick up the, the chain to any referral partner or any marketing we do on our end. So really, we do a lot of the optimization. We really focus on top of funnel. And by the time they get to the CU, it's, it's very, very focused with a high chance of conversion. So it's been great for them, right? The, the marketing budgets are limited on their edge. So, so being able to provide these clients at a very effective cost that's predictable has been, has been a, a big win. Especially, I think traditionally that the credit unions, you know, against the the big five banks, didn't really have, I guess, an edge. For example, to be able to uh, take something to market that wasn't already existent or didn't have, I guess, the chops as the as the big the big five. But it seems like this is, you know, the the way that they can be agile and the way that they can get to market to serve the end consumer. Um, traditionally, how they're used to or what to see what is out there and be able to get as far as a, a day-to-day. It seems like this is like the open opportunity for them to, to be able to take advantage of. And then as you just mentioned, utilizing yourself to maybe reduce the cost of acquisition to these customers, it seems like it's a no-brainer for them to take advantage of opportunities like this, um, whether it's you know yourself within the loan world or if there's a, you know, other, other fintechs to partner with um, in different areas of, of uh, their business, it seems like this is, this is their way to be able to get more customers um, at, a, at, a faster, at a faster pace. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really a terrific opportunity. And, and I believe it's, it's a big opportunity for any small financial institution, really wherever they are, if they're in the U.S., I mean, mm-hmm. or in the U.K., you know, if they have limited marketing budgets, but they're able to adopt tech that allows kind of them to be faster, better, you know, plugging into somebody like us can really help them acquire if, if they have even zero marketing budget. So that's kind of part of our journey into the U.S. and, and outside of Canada. I mean, the value prop is the same. It's like you as a credit union or a small bank, maybe only have one or two branches. You don't have marketing money. 
we have a solution that's going to drive traffic to you. All we need from you is instant adjudication and low rates. You know, so that's uh, that's that's been a it's a really interesting development over the last few years because, I mean, a couple of years ago the tech just wasn't even around with anybody north of the border. So, so yeah, it's been kind of the perfect storm. But so, by you bringing on a a lender, for example, do you have let's say a, a rate a threshold that they have to be under for you to be even able to offer it, or do you just bring on? As, as many lenders as you can, so you can give the customer as many options as possible. So we try to be really wide in terms of how we, who we would help. So we don't do any payday loans. We were not integrated or partner than the payday folks. I mean, the interest rates on payday loans are quite high. I think around 540% APR. We, we won't help you by providing a product like that. But if, if you're coming through our doors and let's say you're, you're with three or four payday lenders, right? Because that's kind of how it goes, right? You go to go to one, you borrow money, you can't pay them back. You go to another to borrow money, you pay the other guy back and you get in this cycle, right? Yep. We see a lot of people who get stuck in that. And so what we what we try to do is help them kind of elevate themselves. So their credit may be terrible, but we can absolutely get them on a loan that is far cheaper than where they're at. And the other side is we can help them improve their score. So, you know, our, our call center spends a lot of time talking to folks about essentially what they can do to get better. And we really run our call center at a loss. It's, it's not a big money maker for us. And it's not even, I mean, in my mind, it, it's something we absolutely have to do, right? Like, you know, I think we have a lot of people who are really uneducated about credit. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's our duty, I think, as people who fund them or provide loans to them to let them know kind of what they're getting into. So that does dictate who we partner with. Now, we do have some higher interest lenders, but it's, it's absolutely nowhere close to some of the stuff you see at Payday. It's an interesting take on it as well um, with the education piece, because obviously you can drive more traffic um, by just, you know, handing out as many loans as possible. But, you know, your interest, at least, is for the end consumer, for them, obviously, to to understand what, you know, what I guess, what, what they're getting into and is also, you know, the, the options that they have and the ability uh, and functions of that you're helping them to provide. So that's, a, you know, cheers to that, uh, because the end consumer traditionally would you know would sign here and not you know, what 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 is the small print basically you know in within the market itself and as far as what your i guess trajectory is uh moving forward um you know I, and you did mention a couple areas that you're looking to expand whether it's uh geographics or just in product itself but you know where do you see at least the landscape not only for you but in in fintech within Canada you know it do you see it transitioning from the the Stone Age? I, I know Toronto, at least, has been launching a few new innovative fintechs over the last couple of years. But you know, where do you see the landscape of of fintech and the transition in Canada? Is there a specific area, whether it's loans, whether it's payments, whether it's banking, that that is making a, a strive to be you know the, the area where the the, the bigger banks are going to focus on to to tr- transition? Maybe I wasn't fair when I when I to my other uh, fintech partners uh, <laughs> and friends here in Canada to say we're Stone Ages. I let me kind of pull that back. <laughs> uh, we're, we're you know we're pretty behind in terms of how the banks are able to plug into us. Right, the bank kind of slow dance things, and it's been very difficult. Now that said, we've got a bunch of leading fintechs north of the border who are doing business with the banks, who have been working on solutions with the banks, who have been helping with ID verification and other things. It's just been a slow moving ship, you know, and, and, and beyond that, I mean, the, the fintechs that we're, we're 
you know, we, we know here are doing a lot of business south of the border or even in UK and they're being very competitive. So the, it's not so much the capabilities of the, the, you know, Canadian business owners who are, who are running fintech companies or, or the, you know, the, the, the fact that they're, they're slower than anyone else anywhere in the world. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's an ecosystem that is slow to adopt. And, you know, there are some elements about that that are good. Like, you know, when I mentioned that the financial crisis did not hit our banks as hard as really anywhere else, uh, that's a great thing, you know, to, to live in an environment where, you know, we've got a banking ecosystem that is secure and, and you know, functioning and able to handle the, the, the storms is, is something that us Canadians are really proud of. So, so yes, we, 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 I wouldn't say we're in the stages per se about, you know, kind of fintech or fintech companies north of uh, north of the border here, but it's just a very slow moving ship in comparison to, you know, what's going on in the US and what's going on in the UK. It is accelerating and, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of change over the next few years, but again, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a big boat to move. <laughs> As as it is, and it's always obviously with traditional legacy systems, you know, just to to, to face that um, battle to, to to understand where the priorities are to to innovate first. I think you know the, to take it more of a micro than a macro is is definitely you know ways ways to go about it. And having a, a specific product like yourself can show a use case to maybe hope change the landscape within within an infrastructure. Well, Adam, you know, it was great to have you on today, um, you know, to get in touch with you. I know your your product, LoanConnect.ca. Um, is there any uh, additional areas for, for our end customers to be able to get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. So they can email me. I, I think maybe, Chris, you can supply that information uh, below the podcast, Adam at LoanConnect.ca. Get through, get through that way and I'll, you know, I'll get back to you relatively quick. You know, I guess just to kind of recap quickly on kind of what we're doing, and, and yes, we're a loan ecosystem, and yes, we're funding consumers in, in you know in near real time, and, and now we're kind of coming into a point of sale. So, so the next huge piece for us is really to empower those consumers to buy anything wherever they are uh, through a network of competing lenders. So, if there are any folks who are listening to this podcast that may be able to assist with that south of the border, be very interested in hearing from them. You know, or technology people that have some tech loan origination systems or, or otherwise that they think could help in that situation. I absolutely be uh, excited to hear from you. Awesome. Yeah, it's very good stuff. We'll be producing a blog as well. So we'll, we'll definitely blast that uh, content out as well as your contact information. And so, um, you know, I'm sure you'll have uh, some people reaching out for sure, given our, our uh, listener base here and our history of uh, who we brought on. Uh, in in the past, so looking forward to to connecting you uh, with a, hopefully a couple connections here uh, in the U.S. to help uh, you know launch some some new areas of the business for you guys as well. Thanks, Chris. Great, thanks to have you on, Adam. Take care. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.